Come on, baby. Let's go. Welcome to the Pure Joy Project. My name is Paul Anigan. My name is Daniel Reed. And we are diving into the last section of the book of Ephesians. And we are so glad you're listening. For some reason, you downloaded this, clicked on this, whatever, and you've decided to give us your time of day. Um, So (laughs) we prayed just before this and we'll pray in a moment that the words offered to you um, by the Spirit through us do something. Uh, But first, like always, if you've listened to one of these before, um, we're going to kind of recap the last whatever week of our lives, all this stuff since the last podcast, what's going on. Um, Daniel, start us off. What is up, y'all? What's up with me? Um, Yeah, you know, I got to celebrate Christmas with the fam. It was, it was great. No, it was good just to be around the family and really celebrate Jesus being born. I just, I love Christmas. Probably my favorite holiday. Um, and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to get going too soon. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to just attack yet. Hmm. But it was something I was thinking about as I was, you know, going out and about shopping and getting food and whatnot right before Christmas is just everywhere I was going, I was hearing the name of Jesus and, and like, christmas songs right just in everywhere i went and just i was hearing jesus's name in songs like this is so cool and then i just like got a little frustrated because i was just like christmas is being celebrated by so many people who are celebrating this made-up holiday that means nothing because it's not attached to the idea that god is now incarnate and was born in mm-hmm. the flesh and i mean i don't want to get started yet hear me i'm not trying to get started yet but <laughs> That got me going. I was just, I don't know, I was a little frustrated. I was, come on. Because like, cause the name of Jesus is literally being played everywhere. Shops, stores, restaurants, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I was just, something that came to my mind. But other than that, I got to see a buddy who lives in Florida uh, for New Year's Eve yesterday, which was an absolute blast. Got to hang out with him and his family and his wife's family as well. So, yeah, I'm... I'm ready to go. Uh, 2021. I've I've got a buzz about this year, and I'm not I'm not gonna you know try and speak into that because you know we all know what happened with 2020. People are like, oh, you know, this is the year we're gonna see clearly because 2020 vision. No, I did Dumb. a podcast about that. I did three podcasts about that. <laughs> I mean, the vision, the idea was great. The vision itself, <laughs> but um, yeah, just goals, setting goals, and just calling. Myself and my brothers and being called by the Lord upward hmm. towards him to answer that call. And that's just that's what I want to do this year. I want to grow. I'm hungry. I'm ready to get after it. And I want to get after it even when I'm not hungry anymore. Because, mm. you know, it's going to get hard. What's up? But that's where we press in, baby. Come Let's on. Paul, let me know what's dude, up, man. Dude, 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 dude. I was walking. So before I headed off for Christmas, by the way, the first Christmas in like five years of my life where family felt like family. And it was so life-giving. I have pursued my dad, who my brothers and I have never had the greatest relationship with. And I have pursued him over the last like eight months, like the year almost. And to watch what it's doing in walls of intentionality coming down and genuine relationship has been incredible. I mean, building up of 21 years to really see something happen in that relationship, the relationship that left a lot of scars that the Holy Spirit has repaired slowly and continues to refine me through. Um, and 
so that was incredible. But right before I headed home, I was at my apartment in Warrensburg and, um, and I like, everybody was out of town. Like everybody had left. I was the last guy to leave a couple days before Christmas. And I was just like, I was taking out the recycling. It's like a half mile walk. Um, and I just started crying. Like I was praying over like things I'm thankful for the people I have in my life, the opportunities I have, my talents, my uh, my gifting, and the grace of Jesus. I'm literally in tears. I've never been a guy to be like just thinking about the grace of God and crying. Like, like I'm a crier, but I've never had that happen. And I was just praying and walking, and I was literally choked up like, God, you are so good to me. Like I have a car that drives, legs that walk, a mouth that talks, like, and I have a heart that beats and friends that love me genuinely and love the Lord more than they love me. Are we serious? Come on, dude. It's like, it's crazy. So this season of life has just shown me like, as I set agendas and itineraries to who I'm going to meet up with when I'm home, because when I'm home four times a year, a week at a time, a lot of people want to see me, which is so humbling. And so I get together with just a ton of people who I love and just really humbled in this season by who I get to be around and, and who loves me. Um, it's so cool. It's so freaking cool. Oh my gosh. Like my life is this beautiful little movie of ups and downs and and the Lord pursuing me through every failure and pride and watching him just do cool things through me. It's insane. It's nuts. I love it. That's me. I ain't got much more to say than that. <laughs> Come on. Are we about to <laughs> we about to pray? You're about to pray over this audience and over this word. And then I'm going to read Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. Um, and we're going to hop into it, baby. You know what I'm saying? 21. 21? Am I soft? 21. Oh, it's 21. Man, I am soft. Good to know. It's all good. All right, cool. It's all yeah. good. I'm flawed. That's crazy. There's grace. I'm flawed. Come on. This is cool, too. Uh, before I get into prayer, like this whole, basically this whole section is a prayer. Literally. And That's I, so sick. Man, we're gonna get into it. Oh, the, yeah. If y'all would, if y'all would, bow your heads with me. If you're able, bow your heads with me. Uh, if you're driving a car, don't do that. Please, don't do that. God, I just want to thank you in advance for everything you're about to do through this podcast, Lord. And I ask humbly that you would do something mighty, that you would do a work in the hearts of those listening, in the hearts of me and Paul, God, and just all those around. Lord, I pray that you would give us strength, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us. This this desire, this hunger to learn more about you, God, that you would give us this comprehension of how you love us. Lord, as Paul is praying through this section here, God, I pray that we would start to comprehend the love that you have for us, Lord. It's not something that we're going to be able to understand on our own. We need your help. We need our eyes to be opened. God, turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. God, turn our hearts into mm. flesh, this beating heart that is growing and groaning for you. God, we love you and we praise you. We're excited for what you're going to do. In your name, amen. Mm. Brother. Dude, could it be that like the joy of the Christmas season that everybody has is because the name of Jesus and the power of it is getting thrown around so often that the enemy can't work the same? You ever thought about that? That's a thought. I don't even know. (laughs) You ever thought about that? Dude, that just like flew in my head right before you started praying and I just like felt like I had to share. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's something. I mean, like something. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So if you're able as well, I would I would re- request 
that you at least pull up a Bible app or something and read this scripture alongside us as we study it. Uh, because the Word of God is is invaluable and it is holy and it is perfect and it is eternal. And if you allow it out of its cage, it will do more in your life than you could ever imagine. Come on. So I encourage you to read it. I encourage you to read it daily. I encourage you to to fill yourself with it um, and watch your life change for the better consistently. So um, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. If you heard me clicking around, it's because I was redoing the cover art for this episode because um, <laughs> I missed that up. But All right. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Mm. What's up? Bro, I just, I hear you smiling. Like I, I hear your joy <laughs> reading this and that <sighs> uh, it gets me going. My gosh, Daniel, will you start us? Will you just talk about this? I just want to talk about it so badly. Yeah. So same, same pattern. We're just going to chug our way through it and see what some of the, the hidden features are in this passage. So let's start with the first three words for this reason. Uh, I love this. I love how Paul says this because you have to understand the why. And that's what he's saying. He's like, what is the purpose here um, that Paul is getting at? And he's saying, this is the reason I am getting on my knees before the Father. For this reason. And then he gets into his point. But it's basically like a, a listen up because this is important. This is why I'm on my knees praying. And then he gets into the point where he's on his knees. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So what's interesting, a little, little backstory for you. Um, in the Jewish culture around this time, prayer was done standing with arms raised, right? And then this is, and this goes a little bit against that. And so what's interesting is we see this like throughout the scriptures at different points. Like Jesus is on his knees, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane. Um, and then in first Kings eight, when Solomon is dedicating the temple to the Lord, he's also praying on his knees, mm. which is interesting. And, and stick with me for a second, because here's what's cool. Here's what's cool. Throughout Ephesians, all right, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. But what we see here in similar fashion with Paul being on his knees in prayer in comparison to Solomon being on his knees praying and dedicating the temple to the Lord is that Paul is dedicating this new church body to the Lord. This temple imagery that we have in 1 Kings 8 now being embodied by the church body, the temple, right, is each individual member hmm. of that church body. Mm -hmm. And so he's dedicating that. And 
encouraging them to start to understand basically the love of God and a bunch of other stuff within this passage. But yeah, that's what I got for the first first verse. What's up, bro? Gosh, dude. I mean, we see the trend of of Paul in Ephesians is is a so this is a continuity where we're at right now. Um, is Paul guiding them, abhorring them, telling them who they are in Jesus, and also s- setting the example. So Paul is praying for them, which is something we should do for others, like before we even dive into this, to know that we are lifting others up consistently. We are praying for people, praying for ourselves, um, praying for, for cities and, and groups and whatever. Um, lifting them up out of a pure heart uh, is something we should be doing. And so the first thing that you see out of Paul when it comes to him hitting his knees, um, so he says, he, I bow my knees before the Father, literally in a humble posture before the Lord, right? This is, we see a reverence and a humility out of Paul. Um, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, it's in the Beatitudes, right? So it's Matthew 5, 5, I think. Uh, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That as we humble ourselves, there is good to come. Our intimacy with the Lord, um, among other things, is stronger as we put ourselves aside. If we think about, Daniel and I were talking about the story of the prodigal son and how first, before the prodigal son could return to his celebration and his, and his life, his, his blessed life, he had to humble himself. Hmm. He had to admit his wrongdoing and go back to the one who loved him the whole time And be like, I don't even deserve your love. Here I am. Do with me what you will. Which is exactly the posture we have before the Lord. Is, I don't deserve your love, but I know I need it. Do with me what you will. That's all I got on the first verse. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Yeah, 15. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Hmm. So, this, like, when you just take this verse, you know, offhand... It, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, at least. It didn't make a ton of sense to me right off the bat. And so I had to break it down. I had to break it down. And so um, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Every family in heaven. That's And that's the part that confused me. And so I looked it up a little bit, did a little bit of, little bit of studying. Um and what I found was we, as Christians, you know, if you are claiming to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are all part of the same family. And this includes mm. those saints who have already been glorified in heaven and those who are on earth now. And so that just got me thinking. So, I mean, throw in your favorite pastor, right? Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Matt Chandler. I like ah, Me too. That's my man. JP or John Pacluda, big fan. How about the Apostle Paul? How about yeah. How about Barnabas? All right, we're all part of the same family. And that's the thing. We're all under the same name that is Jesus Christ. We've all been adopted in, right? And so when we think of this large family, it makes much of God, right? When you think of some of the, some of the big names that are in there, it makes much of God because like we talked about in the last episode, when we gain glory in whatever facet, especially when it's honoring to God, when we gain glory 
right? Because, I mean, imagine, gosh, Francis Chan or throwing another big name, right, in the, the Christian world. When they gain glory, when they gain a following, God uses it for himself. It's ultimately tied in with God's glory. Hmm. So we're all part of the same family, which I thought was was really cool. And let's see, what else did I have on this? Yo, backtracking real quick. Just to the end of verse 14, before the Father, I wanted to touch on that. And so, yeah, it says, before the Father. So the prayer that Paul's making here, prayer is to God, the Father. Get this, through Jesus, by the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And this, I thought this was super interesting. And so to break this down a little bit, I'm, I'm going to tie it back into Scripture as one should do. So Matthew 6, 9, Jesus is telling the disciples to pray like this. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So the prayer is being addressed to the Father, right? And then you have 1 Timothy 2, 5. It says, For this is... For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So, mediator, it's basically just like a middle person. So we are approaching God through Jesus Christ, who is our high priest. That's mm-hmm. what the high priest's role was in the Old Testament, was to mediate between man and God, right? And then Romans eight twenty six and 27 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according Mm. to the will of God. And so here's the thing, just to restate this. So the prayer, our prayer, this prayer that Paul is giving right here, is this. It's, It's a prayer to God the Father through Jesus by the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Which I was just like, gosh. Spirit teach us to pray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gosh. Exactly. Hmm. So, yeah. That's uh, so good. 15, 14 and 15. That was what I yeah, had. Yes, so 15. Um, just a God is God is Father over both the, the Jew and the Gentile. And at this time, that's still a pretty heavy division is is that there is a there is the um those going by uh like like still living in the first covenant living as if the first covenant is the path to salvation and then um, the gentiles now being offered grace by ministry done by the spirit through paul and barnabas and um and peter and etc and the acts church um but god is is father of both the jew and the gentile and and overall it is his name and his family so it is, the, it is the unity of the body of Christ, I think, is the important thing, that his name is being put on all of this, um, is, is kind of my emphasis on verse 15. Um, so moving into 16, uh, we see, so it reads, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Hmm. And so a direct reference, um, which is so cool as we we hear consistently by two different writers even by timothy and by paul 
uh, but both inspired by the Holy Spirit, that that the Holy Spirit in us is a is a spirit of power. Um, and so 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. So it is about the Holy Spirit living through us and working in our lives. That is the focus of this whole thing. Um, as it says, like Christ, uh, or he's granting us this power through the spirit in us. So it's not like it's anything. It's not like like we're becoming a, a super soldier by something that we do in our flesh. It is the spirit in us giving us power, giving us knowledge, giving us wisdom, giving us love and peace and patience and joy and all these things. So it's essential that that when we seek to do ministry and we seek to live fulfilling, like plant bountiful lives, we are putting ourselves aside and allowing the Holy Spirit to have control consistently. Yeah, that's good. I like where we're going with that too. And here's what it's saying. That according to the riches of his glory. So here, here's basically what it's saying. It, I won't word this. So picture a, just like a regular servant person, right? In biblical times. Who's going to be able to give more, the king or the servant person, right? The king, common sense. But then the king, as they grow in glory, as they gain more and more, you know, resources, they're going to be able to give more. So in accordance to the riches that they have, they can give more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you look at God. Right, the creator of the universe, the one who is not running out, who has riches and power and glory and, I mean, everything to spare and then some. Hmm. So according to the riches of his glory, it's infinite, right? The strength that he can grant you, the power that he can grant you is infinite. All this through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. Uh, excuse me, inner being. But yeah, here's what I wrote on this: God, being infinite in glory, has unlimited amounts of strength, might, and power, and is able to give abundantly. This just goes to show how great He is. It makes much of Him. His giving puts His own strength and glory on display. He's so much better at glorifying himself than we are at glorifying him, which I think that's is so cool. Good. That's that's good. I like what you just said there. That's really good. Heck yeah. So moving into 17, and this is where this is where we're going to get a little crazy. This is good. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. We're going to pause there, just for 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love here we go so yeah the word dwell right so what, what's being what's being shown here is that christ is dwelling in our hearts right this is where we start talking about the holy spirit the holy spirit the spirit of christ is dwelling in our hearts right the message translation if if you want to you know break it down a little bit would say that christ moved into the neighborhood that he's moved in but hmm. i looked at the word dwell right because it's not one that people use all the time and the first place i went to with that was john fourteen twenty three. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. 
and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So this is super cool. We see Jesus claiming divinity here with God. He says, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus and the Father will come to the person who loves God and keeps his word and make their home with that person. And that just that just got me going. Hmm. So I continued to dive into the word dwell, right? And I went back to the Greek. And the Greek word, don't judge me here, the Greek word is hmm. kat, kat, oh my gosh, katoikasai. That's what it is. Katoikasai. That's money. Quote me on it. Which means to make a permanent residence. And here, here's where we go. So, out of this word, katoikasai, to dwell, you can have faith that Jesus is not going to leave you. He has permanently moved in. And one thing I think we all have is this, this nagging fear in the back of our minds that our people, right, our friends, family, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whomever, that they're going to leave you. I think, you know, I always think that's that's a nagging fear we have in our mind that are are they gonna are they gonna judge me for this this sin? Are they gonna are they gonna run away? Are they gonna cast me aside? Are they gonna betray me? You know, like what are they saying behind my back? All the like some of them are natural, but here's the thing. The Bible is telling us right here expressly that Jesus is not going anywhere. Hmm. It doesn't matter what you've done, right? If you've professed faith in Jesus and believed in your heart, that's on Romans 10, 9, that God raised him from the dead. Jesus' spirit is living inside you and will not leave. Permanently moved in. You've been made a child of God. You've been adopted in, right? If you've been following us through all of these all of these episodes through Ephesians, You've seen that when one is adopted in, there is now no form, no connection with the former family. One is now officially a part of this new family forever. All debts and wrongdoings that were associated with this person while they were a part of the old family have now been completely wiped away once they've been adopted into this new family. Hmm. Right? And that's what's being shown here. Come on. Jesus has made us new and is now living with us mm-hmm. as we are adopted into his family. And he lives He lives with us by our confession and belief in his death and resurrection, that he is Lord, that he is our Savior. And we receive the Spirit through that, through confessing with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord and believing in our heart that he was raised from the dead. We receive this, and then he doesn't go anywhere. Yep. Whether we choose to live by it or not, whether we choose to live in ministry or misery or fulfillment is up to us and up to who we surround ourselves with and the things we decide to do in our submission to the Holy Spirit. But Jesus isn't going anywhere. There is consistency. Dabo Sweeney, who's the coach of Clemson Tigers football, I mean a mm-hmm. top five college football program for years and years and years, he said in an interview like three days ago, they were talking about his success and how he always points his success to... Um, to Jesus, to the Lord. And he said, you can't do anything good without a solid foundation. And Christ is the cornerstone. Christ is mm. the foundation. And so we have to, to first receive the Holy Spirit 
by our salvation through Jesus. And then he dwells in us forever. He, we, are, we are then, as he makes home in us, we become, as it, it says we are, um, I believe it's Ephesians 2 actually, so just three or four episodes ago, it talks about we are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is there and it is working and it is turning us into love. It is turning us into its first fruit, right? It's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, it is turning us, it, it is through, I mean, in a sanctification, um, in our renewal day by day by the Holy Spirit, like we are uh, becoming all of these things that we seek, that we seek in other ways. And so I love that that there's just a consistency, there's a peace in knowing, okay, Christ dwells in me. On the on my loneliest day, on my least productive, most frustrating, embarrassing, prideful day, where I feel worthy of nothing, know that Christ is in me. And that is where my hope lies. That is enough. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, we don't have to live defined by who we were. Yep. But we can live by the Spirit in us who brings us a new definition. Yo, that's really good. What's up? That's really good. Yeah, and it continues on in 18. So Paul's praying here, he said, 17 18, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. So, breaking it down, continuing in 17 and 18, uh, he's praying for strength here, strength to comprehend. So we need strength because naturally we are resistant to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Na- just naturally, we are. Like, in our sinful nature, we are resistant to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When I'm convicted to evangelize to whomever or call a brother out on sin or just like hold myself accountable even. Like I don't want to. My body is naturally resistant to it. My spirit is resistant to it. I don't want to, and it takes practice, and it takes strength. It takes strength that I don't have. So this is why Paul is praying for it for this church, because it, it takes strength. And here's the thing. We're also not the only ones fighting here. And please believe me on this. The forces of hell do not want us to grow closer to the Lord and are surely fighting to keep us tethered to our sin. Hmm. It takes strength. It is a fight. It's a fight against yourself and your own sinful nature. And it is a fight against the forces and the spirits and principalities unseen, right? It is not a war against flesh and bone. But here's the thing. Hmm. Here's the thing. And this is what helps us with that. Paul is talking in verse 17 about being rooted and grounded in love, right? Paul just said that's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. Rooted and grounded in love. Rooted, right? Deep roots grow in fertile soil that are being supplemented, right? Just to keep going with the agricultural analogy here. But here's the question. What are the roots rooted in, right? We just said soil. But when you take those roots and use it as the metaphor it is, what are your roots growing in what is the soil that you're in and so what's being alluded to here is community right because paul is writing to a church he's writing to a a corporate body and this is this is a communal thing and so this love 
is supposed to be communal. This love is supposed to be shared through the church. And it goes back to the people in that church being part of the heavenly family that he's referencing earlier on in the same section. And then with the word he uses is grounded, right? The foundation is what he's referring to. The foundation has settled and is firm. Or it's, it's almost like a building, right? There's an emphasis on how one has been built. And so here would be my question to you, like, how have you been built, right? What is the foundation that you're falling back on? Clearly, the foundation mm. should be Christ. That is that that is the cornerstone. That is what everything must be built upon. But growing up from there, right? How's the rest of the foundation? Is is it built on good teaching? Because when I first started growing in my faith, especially when I first started leading in my faith, and I'm not and I'm not talking about when I was you know kind of fake leading in high school. When I was actually pursuing Christ and attempting to lead others faithfully in college. I wasn't. I didn't have good teaching to fall back on because the teaching I'd been filled up with was just, it was just wasn't good. It was not theologically sound. It wasn't good. It was not scripturally based. So, do you have good teaching to fall back on? What What are your dis- disciplines looking like? Mm. That's another part of the foundation. Are, have you been taught about spiritual disciplines? Have you been taught how to study the Bible? Because I hadn't. I hadn't for a long time up until I started working for Canuck. No one had taught me how to study the Bible. And then. I would argue that another part of the foundation is, are you desiring growth? Or another way to phrase that, are you open to growth? Are you praying to God, Lord, show me where I'm lacking and bring me strength in those areas so that my foundation might settle and might be firm and will not crack when put under pressure, which it surely will be, right? We just talked about how the forces of hell are fighting against us. Right, so the foundation is important. So you have good teaching to fall back on. Hmm. Have you been taught discipline, spiritual disciplines, fasting, prayer, scripture, worship, community, all of these things, these different spiritual disciplines? And are you desiring growth? Is that something you're chasing after? Because hmm. when you're walking and trying to trying to grow, it, it's not easy. And I'll tell you, it's not always fun. A lot of it... Like the most growth I've has have experienced has come from diving back into my story and processing things that have hurt me Mm. and analyzing the way that I have hurt others out of that hurt that I've experienced and just through my life and then reworking some of some of the habits, some of the thoughts that have become implanted in my brain and my spirit through those different hurts, both the, both the wounds I've experienced and the and ones that I've inflicted. Hmm. Growth isn't easy, but it's necessary. I'm going to pause there before we keep going to 18. Paul, you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm going to tie 18 and 19 together, but I do want to say that like Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's Matthew 6, 21. And I think that we are defined by our stimulus in a lot of ways. What are we being like? What are we taking in? What are we taking in? Psalm 101.3, the NLT version, which is what I memorized it in a couple years back, right? It says, um, I refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly and want nothing to do with them. Who are your best friends? What mm. qualities do they have? What is your, your music? What is your media? What kind of what kind of people do you follow? Well, what are you filling yourself with? We are defined by our stimulus. We are the average of what we what we put ourselves around. 
So we're the average of the friends we're around, of what we see, what we hear. And and so I, I challenge you to think, like, are you in as fertile soil as you could be? Or are you just comfortable? So I want to tie 19 and 18 together. Um, so verse 19, um, this is so heavy. but and And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So 18 and 19 together. Um, so it, we, are, we are growing in our understanding of God's character and majesty by his spirit in us. Um, and by the same spirit, we understand the love and the grace of Jesus. And we are being filled with godliness by this spirit. The spirit that does ministry through us. That is ministry. Ministry is not done if the Holy Spirit is not working. Come on. And so this same spirit is teaching us about the character of God, helping us to understand the grace of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus and him stepping down off of an eternal perfect throne to step into a broken world to pay a price we couldn't pay so we could be lifted in glory alongside him and experience Mm. fulfillment while we're here. This same spirit is growing us in our godliness. And so we, that is the only way for us to truly understand the the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God and to know the love of Christ is to allow the spirit to, by our pursuit of him in God's word, spirit-led, spirit-interpreted, pursuit of him in God's word and alongside others who are spirit led listening to teaching that is spirit led music that is spirit led these things are going to teach us about this character of God where he then becomes tangible like it it feels real it's not some like far reaching set of practices that like this intimacy with the Lord is such like a like a grasping thing, like maybe once a year when I'm at camp during that one worship session, whatever, and intimacy with God becomes daily and becomes necessary because we allow the Spirit to foster that intimacy by what we fill ourselves with and what we do. My soapbox is gone. Yeah, that's good. And that's the thing. If the reality of our life is that Jesus is dwelling within our hearts, then the reality of our life should also be that intimacy with God is natural because he's already there. So what are we doing if we're not engaging with him? Are, are, like, are, we, are we ignoring him? Because here's, here's the thing. Intimacy with God is more than just the emotional high that you feel during camp worship. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back who didn't, who didn't hear me. Ring it. Intimacy with God is more than just the emotional high that you experience during camp worship. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. Ah, I'm gonna save it. I got stuff to say. On verse 18, strength to comprehend. This phrase, this phrase stuck out to me. So what he's saying here, Paul is praying for comprehension of this love because it is not something that we can just understand on our own. Going back to earlier in chapter three, right? If you li- if you listen to the other episodes, which you definitely should, 
in the end of chapter 2, this is something that must be revealed. The Christian faith in general is something that must be revealed. Hmm. Right? It's not something you're just going to grasp on your own. One's heart must be softened to the grace and love that is ever flowing from the mouth of God through the Son, Jesus Christ. And this can only be revealed through the Spirit. Right? Like I just said, it's not something you're going to figure it out. And then, I love with this, in 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. If it surpasses knowledge, how is it going to be something that you're just going to figure out? It has to be something that is revealed to you. And with that, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Can we just... Can we just be super honest for a second? How often have you felt empty? Hmm. I have. And, you know, I, I I claim to be a Christian. I make a podcast, you know, about Jesus and reading the Bible. Like, I, I, I claim very loudly that I'm a Christian. I feel empty sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll be honest about it. I do. But here's the thing. When I open up the scriptures, when I get in community, when I worship the Lord just on my own, like it doesn't have to even have to be corporately. When I, I play guitar and sing, when I, but you don't have to to worship. But when I when I bust up my guitar and I'm just singing to the Lord in my room, I don't I don't feel so empty anymore. Hmm. When I when I'm praying to my Father, I don't I don't feel so empty anymore. I'm I'm starting to be filled. With the fullness of God, the emptiness that it's that's inside me, like it, it starts to be filled up. And here's the thing: the love that can be comprehended from God, while like we can't comprehend it in full, is more than satisfactory, right? This love is more than anything one could possibly desire or dare to ask for. Hmm. This love fills the deepest longing to be known and seen that anyone could have in the deepest parts of their soul, right? I mean, if we're just super honest, like we all want to be known, we all want to be seen, we all want to be heard, and we all want to be loved. Hmm. Like that, that's what that's what we're ultimately desiring, hmm. right? That's, that's what I want. I want, I want to be seen, known, and, and heard and loved. And that's, that's what I desire. Hmm. And so here's the thing. This love, it's it's energizing. This love is freeing. This love is all-encompassing. This love does not keep track of wrongs. 1 Corinthians 13. This love is right there when you need it. There when you don't think you do. And here's the thing. It's still there steadily when you claim that you don't want it. Mm. I'm going to read that again. This love is right there when you need it. It's there when you don't think you do. And it's still there steadily when you claim you don't want it. Jesus is not going anywhere. This is a sacrificial love that was shown in Jesus taking the place that we deserve on the cross. This is love that is not earned. This is love that is freely given. And that's not something that we can really comprehend, especially me. That's something I have a really hard time comprehending. Because my whole life, like, in order to receive affection and love, I've, I've had to do something. I've had to perform. Mm. And so, you know, when you when you look at the cross, when you look at God, and you see the love that is freely poured out, 
regardless of the ways that you've acted against him, right? The ways that you have, I mean, proverbially given God the finger and just said, screw you, I'm going to do my own thing, right? In ways that, I mean, I'll, I'll put it in first person, like in ways that I've knowingly acted out against God and hurt others, hurt myself and hurt him. The way that I'm still freely pursued and given grace, grace that I don't deserve, grace that I cannot earn, that's that's love. It's all-encompassing love. It's free. It's freely given. The Greek word for it is agape. It's unconditional. Hmm. <laughs> Paul, you gotta go. You gotta go. I'm about, I'm about to start. I'm about to start losing it, man. The tears. The tears are already going. Mm, you gotta take it. Mm. Uh, so I'm gonna, we're gonna do verse 20 and 21 and I, and I have a feeling what's kind of going to come from this, but so now to him, our, that, that is the first three words of verse 20, um, the, to him, our, our cross bearer, mm. the, the magistrate and captain of our hearts and souls. Yep. To him, who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So glory to God by the Spirit in us. That is a recurring theme in this prayer. That we are seeing, we are, we are living with the, the Spirit, a dwelling Spirit that will not leave if we allow it in. It will not leave. We are living alongside that Spirit, led by that Spirit that can do far more than we can even fathom, than we can even dream up. Not even, not even what we can tangibly do on this earth, but what we can even imagine. We receive grace and opportunity by the Spirit in us, to do more than we could even think. And so to, glo- to God be the glory in Jesus. And Jesus is the only path to God and godliness. He says in John mm-hmm. 14, 6, um, it's, Jesus says to a man questioning, I am the way and the truth and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when we come to the Father, we come to the Father by receiving the Holy Spirit that now makes us new. We become baptized in the Spirit where God sees us as one of his own, as a perfect new creation, where we now have opportunity. We now have opportunity to do things far beyond imaginable by our, by our, by our fickle hearts and our human minds. And we, we become a child of God where there is no, there's no on day, off day. This is a God that leaves the 99 and pursues you personally yep. forever, every single day mm-hmm. in, in every failure and every pride and, and every hurt and every poor decision. And when, you, when you're choosing to try to live apart from him, he's not going anywhere. That's good. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, someone someone once said this to me, and you might think it's cheesy. I don't, I don't really care. 
it's convicting to me. Um, I once heard, if God said yes, all of a sudden said yes to everything that you had prayed for in the last month or the last week, I mean, the time frames are relevant, would anything actually change? Hmm. And here's the thing. He is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So it begs the question, is what I'm thinking, is what I'm asking too small? Is it too small? Because what, what's the thing? What's the you got? What's the thing, the desire, the prayer that you're just like, ah, I don't know. It seems kind of, it seems kind of crazy. I don't know. Why are we doubting God's ability? He's, I mean, clearly he's able to do far more. He created everything you see, know, and will ever know. Everything around you come from God's creation. Everything around you. He spoke life into existence with a breath. It was just, it was just a syllable. He's able. But here's the thing. Now to whom, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, this power, these, these things that we pray and ask, will be done according to the power at work within us. That power is at work within us, right? Jesus, the you know, the Spirit that we we're talking about dwelling within our hearts earlier on in, in verse 17 it's it's within us right so a lot of those who listen to our podcast or in, in high school or college what are you praying about your campus are you mm-hmm. praying for revival and if you're not like i would argue i would argue you should be Here's the thing. one of the things that i would love to see is the gospel just being on every corner of missouri state's campus because that's where i go to school the next semester what why not why not through me why not through the ministries that i'm involved in right god's able and i guarantee he's willing because god's god's job what he does is he brings people closer to himself so i also i'll ask the question again is what we're praying for asking for thinking is it too small of the god of the universe hmm because the bigger the prayer, the bigger the just the thing that God does, the bigger the blessing, it brings him more glory. It makes much of himself, which is our mission. That's why we exist, is to make much of God. Because, And here's the thing. He does it through us, right? He makes much of himself through us. We're not very good at worshiping God. That's why he helps us do it, because he is truly worthy of all worship and honor and praise. Mm. I'm going to pray. Oh, my gosh. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your pursuit of us. Thank you that regardless of everything in our past, every listener that clicked on this and their baggage, their insecurities, Lord, that you pursue us, that you use us, and you desire to use us to do far more than we can even think. 
Holy Spirit, I ask you to I ask you to go. I ask you to go before us in everything, to go into our schools, to go into our classrooms, to go into our practices, to go into our conversations, into our households, into our cities, into this nation. Spirit, I ask that you just make grace attractive. God, I ask that you that you start to build up a love for your word in people. God, just help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful as it is a gift that you give and you, you tell us to ask for in faithfulness by the Spirit. Lord, help us to be faithful in sharing, to be faithful in standing up against wrongdoing, to be faithful in being different as you've called us to be different because you've called us out of the world. Yeah. Jesus, save souls. Mm. I pray, Lord, and you love big prayers. You love faith. As our relationship with you is not a measure or accounting of tickets or successes, but it is a weighing of faithfulness and submission. God, I just ask that you you bring renewal. You bring salvation. You bring revival in these places around us, that you do it through us. God, I ask you to just keep writing the story. Lord, as you say in John 3.30, increase as we decrease. Let the praise be yours. God, you're worthy of that. Thank you for everything you have done, you're currently doing, and you will do. Lord, and help us to just make the next faithful decision and watch you paint the big picture and write the big story. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.